2: Listen to Season 2 of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: Hi guys, Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies. Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. We are back with Randall Carlson, master builder, architectural designer, teacher, geometrician, geological explorer, and uh, podcast host. And we're talking about, well, the great year. So let me just uh, see if I can sum this up to to make sure I understand it. So we've got the 26,000-year cycle, which is called the great year. Uh, and this, uh, 26,000 years is, is the completion of the procession of the equinoxes as it works through all, uh, 12 of the zodiac signs. A- and each zodiac, uh, sign or, uh, it works, it takes 2160 years to get through that, uh, procession. That's a month. That's a cosmic month, 2160 years. There are 12 months, 12 zodiac signs. So 2160 times 12 is 26,000. That's the great cosmological, uh, calendar. And you were talking about Solon, this, uh, ancient Greek political leader, uh, who lived before Plato. He goes on a, a field trip and he's speaking with the, the Egyptians. And they're telling him, Solon, you're, um, you Greeks, you have no concept. You have no memory of what has gone on before. Um, You know, you're living in a particular season, but you have no knowledge of what came before or what is to come. Do I have that kind of right? I think you really,
4: yeah, that was a great summary. I I think you did a great job, Richard, um, as far as where we've gotten so far with it. And why don't we pick up with Plato, where we left off. There's a few more quotes here that would be good. We we, uh, concluded before the break with the... um, his reference to a declination of the bodies moving around the earth and in the heavens declination, you know, from the word declination, it comes from decline to descend downwards. And there are actually traditions that Plato was most likely referring to a comet here. And there's traditions about the myth that he referenced, the myth of fate, uh, also being a comet. And I don't know how uh, you may familiar you or the, uh, listeners might be with the myth of Satan, but it was essentially in in a a 32nd version. He was a son of Helios, the sun God, but, uh, by a mortal woman, but he did not know who his father was. And so he's at school every day and all of the, uh, all of his school, the peers at school are always bragging about how great their fathers are. So he comes home and he's, you know, expressing his, um, disappointment that he can't, doesn't know who his father is so finally his mother decides to reveal to him well your father is none other than the sun god and uh, to make a long story short he eventually manages to go to find his father uh the sun, and then he uh and then he he goes to the palace of the sun and he manages to convince his father to let him drive the chariot his father's chariot and of course there are four great mighty steeds that that drive the chariot and when young phaeton gets there on the reins the steeds immediately knew uh that he wasn't going to be able to control them and after flying through the signs of the zodiac they decline off the zodiac and descend to earth and in the process they set the earth on fire Um, the chariot as it descends to earth sets the earth on fire and eventually the o- oceans start to boil and Poseidon, uh, entreats Zeus to do intercede and do something about it. So Zeus hurls a thunderbolt and it strikes Satan from the sky and he falls into the river Eridanus and his sisters, uh, symbolized by the Heliades in the myth and in the constellation, they weep for the death of their brother. And their tears fall to earth and cause the great deluge.
3: So, so this myth theory. is, yeah, this myth is explaining how you know typically the you know this oh, not typically uh, the sun rises in the east, sets in the west, and, the, the, and according to mythology, this was explained by you know the chariots. Uh, the chariot is is pulling the sun across the sky. On this particular yeah. occasion, had a rookie driver, and he yeah. messed up big time. But yeah. so they yeah. were, they, yeah. They,
4: that's it. I mean, you, you, you that is a, the essence of the myth. And then, um, but the, to me, the, one of the interesting things is clearly a very explicit reference to something that could be interpreted as a comet. Uh, and the second thing is this, the correlation of the interaction between the earth and this comet followed by a, a great flood. And we see similar evidence for such an actual occurrence, uh, during the Younger Dryas at the end of the last ice age. And in fact, what we see from the evidence in the geological record is that there may have been at least three gigantic flood episodes that uh, were associated with the transition of the Earth out of the previous uh, glacial age into the current interglacial age. And in fact, Plato kind of goes on, he's talking here about... Um, you know, the, the, the survivors of such events. And so when he uh, he talks about, in some t- cases, it's people who live in the mountains that'll survive. In other cases, it's people uh, who live uh, near the sea. So this is the, the, what he goes on to say, that when this happens, when after this declination of the bodies moving around the earth and in the heavens, when this happens those who live upon the mountains and in dry and lofty places are more liable to destructions than those who dwell by rivers or on the seashore. And from this calamity, the Nile, who is our never-failing savior, saves and delivers us. When, on the other hand, the gods purge the earth with a deluge of water among you, herdsmen and shepherds on the mountains, are the survivors, whereas those of you who live in cities are carried by the rivers into the sea. And this is a reference to the fact that most of the ancient cities were along ri- established along rivers, waterways, or along the coastlines. Now, one of the things that happened, of course, at the end of the last ice age is with the melting of all the great ice sheets over uh, North America and northwestern Europe, uh, sea levels rose, uh, as much as 400 feet, maybe more. And so whatever human habitations or settlements or colonies or cities would have been along coastlines at during the late glacial maximum, you know, 14, 15, 20,000 years ago or so, they're now under 400, 300 to 400 feet of water, right? So that's one way that ancient civilizations could be destroyed is by rapidly rising sea levels. The other is that most of the, during these great transition episodes, like this is what that was, I mean, to get the planet out of a full glacial age into an interglacial age, you're talking about a major transition type of event. Oh, yes. Yeah, because here's what's happening, Richard. The estimates are that there were at least 6 million cubic miles of glacial ice, more than there is now. And so if you can picture the North American continent, you had an ice sheet that reached from the northern United States up to the Arctic Circle and from the Atlantic Ocean to the Pacific Ocean, completely buried virtually all of Canada, up to a mile and a half thick sheet of ice. Now, because all that ice is accumulated, sea levels have dropped a proportional amount because what's happening is that the sea, that the water is being evaporated from the sea, and typically what will happen in northern climates now, that moisture in the atmosphere precipitates out as rainfall where it immediately goes into the creeks and the rivers and is conveyed back to the oceans or it goes into the groundwater which also eventually works its
3: way through the hydrological cycle but yeah it's kind imagine- of a closed system it's kind of a closed system that the amount of water on the earth is kind of constant it's either tied up in the ice or then it's or it yeah, rains down I, or melts exactly. or, yeah. you,
4: you, you got the picture exactly Richard that's exactly it so as the water is evaporated from the oceans, precipitated out on land as snowfall, now typically what happens, let's say, let's even up in Canada, virtually all the way up to the Arctic Circle, come spring and summer, the winter's accumulation of snow melts. But now imagine you have a winter's accumulation of snow, but it does not melt. And then next year there's another uh precipitation of snow, and it doesn't melt. And this goes on for thousands of years, and eventually you've accumulated a pile of ice over a mile thick. Now, this is a really extraordinary and remarkable process that we still don't really have an explanation for, for what happened. Okay, so now go the other way. Now, meanwhile, because that water is not being recycled back into the ocean basins, ocean level is dropping as the ice mass on the continents is increasing. Now reverse that when the ice starts melting, it's shrinking back in, in mass and the ocean level is rising, right? And so it's almost as if the planet has got this built-in cycle, it's breathing, the, the ocean levels rise and fall, the ice masses expand and contract and sometimes disappear altogether and this phenomenon has been going on for hundreds of thousands, in fact, for several
3: million years. Right, if these are seasons, back- right? These are seasons. We have we have the you know four seasons in a calendar year. Well, they 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 cross over calendar years, but we have four seasons. But cosmologically speaking, just as we have a great year of twenty six thousand years and a, and a and a cosmological month of twenty one hundred and sixty years, we also have these seasons. Um, yes. You know, winter would be an ice age that could last, you know, 20,000 years or more.
4: Yeah. Interestingly, Richard, the last ice age lasted about 13,000 years. Uh, now, there's the uh, the glaciologists and paleoclimatologists. They look at, like I was talking about earlier, they'll look at, at records going back, say, a quarter million years. And you can see the fingerprints of ice ages uh throughout that quarter million years. If you look at the last four cycles of precession, if you if you do the calculation, you'll get 104,000 years, uh, would be four cycles of precession. Interestingly, four cycles ago was the end of an interglacial period called the Eemian. And it was considered to be the closest analog to our modern interglacial cycle, which is called the Holocene, and is usually dated to having started at 11,600 years ago, which occurs, which coincides with a number of things. One, it coincides with the end of the Younger Dryas, the beginning of the Younger Dryas was about 12,900 years ago. It lasted about 1,300 years. And then at about 11,600 years ago, it came to an abrupt end, and there was a massive global warming event. This warming event caused uh, an accelerated melting of the ice sheets. And marine geologists and oceanographers have identified what they call meltwater pulse 1. 1- the dating of that is at eleven thousand six hundred years ago, and that is also the date that coincides with a major global climate change, which caused the which was associated with the end of the Younger Dryas. Now, since we're talking about Plato here, what's really interesting about that date? And anybody can look this up now online and go type in the Holocene or the Pleistocene-Holocene transition. And you will see that the date given is right at 11,600 years ago. Well, going back to Plato, in that same dialogue that I was just reading, he says, Plato is talking about how the priests explain that there is a... um, that there is a... their sacred registers go back uh, 9,000 years, and their sacred registers go back to the time of Atlantis. And in the two dialogues, Plato, you know, speaking for the Egyptian priests, gives the details on this great war that occurred between Atlantis, this very clearly described as existing on islands outside the Straits of Gibraltar, which were in ancient times called the pillars of Hercules, right? And right. their antagonists who were uh, the, the cultures that were inside or around the Mediterranean. But here's the interesting thing. He talks about this great war comes to an end, and then there's a great cataclysm that causes an extreme erosional event on the Greek peninsula. But at the same time, tremendous earthquakes and along in the Atlantic region that causes the rapid and catastrophic subsidence of Atlantis. Now, the interesting thing about that is this occurred, as they say, 9,000 years earlier. Well, the date that that uh, Solon is usually given to have gone to Egypt was about 600 BC. So you can do the math, the 600 BC plus 2,000 years Plus nine thousand years, it brings us right smack onto eleven thousand six hundred years ago. At the very date—it's like Plato is giving us the date—and nice we now smart. know that there was a very extreme melting event associated with a rapid sea level rise. And in my Atlantis, I have for those who are interested in diving deeper into the Atlantis thing on my website, you can go and find about a nine-hour, two-part lecture that I have given with all the quotes from Plato, the graphs, the science, uh, to try to show that uh, try to give what I've done is I've tried to explain it using science, but being very consistent with Plato's very explicit details.
3: Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.
1: I'm Katya Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do
2: Listen to Season 2 of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever
3: you get your podcasts. Hi guys, Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies.